It's the California Wine Country Podcast with Steve Jackson and Dan Berger. We taste, we laugh, we learn. California Wine Country with Dan Berger. Our guest today is Alan Green, former owner of Greenwood Ridge Winery. Now, today we're going to talk about the International Canned Wine Competition. Yes, canned wine. And there's an upcoming International Canned Wine Competition, which we will discuss. And when you hear uh, the, the munching going on, that's <coughs> Dan, Dan Berger eating the popcorn. I was going to say, we really need to explain the crunching and munching okay. that we're hearing right, in we'll the stop. background of no, this no, podcast. No, no, no. No, explain it. Explain it. <laughs> no, we, we love the sound. After, competi- after the canned wine competition had been concluded, and Alan and I were, ta- were standing around talking about it, and I said, hey, how would you like to come on the radio? And he said, sure, we'll talk about the canned wine. And I started thinking what goes with canned wine i was going to bring some cheddar cheese and i was and i said wait a minute it's canned wine it's got to be popcorn so i went out and bought a case of skinny pop skinny pop this is good stuff it's good mike is out raiding your trunk right now <laughs> so alan welcome thank you uh, before we get into canned wines talk about greenwood ridge winery are they still around you're the former owner it's still around. Uh, I sold it about four years ago to the Wilson family. So that's uh, one of their two Mendocino County wineries. They also own Jackson Keys in Mendocino County and and uh, I think eight or so wineries and some inns in Sonoma County. But I, uh, I started it in 1980 wow. and uh, sold it in 2017. So I made, I made wine for 37 years. That was, that was plenty. I'm I remember, I, I, I remember tasting some Greenwood Ridge Alan was wines. Re- it he, was good. It was very good. He was a pioneer with Pinot Noir up there. A lot of people didn't remember that Pinot Noir started basically with what Alan did, uh, viticulturally planting that really tricky variety to find a pr- proper spot for it. And Riesling. Dan, Dan is a big fan of, of I love your Riesling. Riesling and our Riesling, and we, we promoted that uh, extensively up, up there as well. And what's your background, Alan, as far as the wine business goes, personally? Well, my real background is graphic design, but uh, I started growing, growing grapes in 1973. Uh, so 45 years of grape growing and 37 years of winemaking. I, and I've been running the Mendocino County Fair Wine Competition since it started about 42 years ago. Wow. So that was what it made it sort of easy for me to start the International Canned Wine Competition. Do you live up there or here? I, I live mostly up there still at the, at the vineyard property. Wow. Well, we're going to talk about canned wine. There's an international canned wine competition going on. First off, Alan, tell us all about canned wine. There's a lot of people doing this these days, and we've tasted some on this program, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, Explain, because a lot of people go, canned wine, no, thank you, but there's some good stuff. There is some good stuff, and and more and more. uh, We had 335 entries this year in the International Canned Wine uh, Competition from 16 countries. Uh, We had some come from India. A uh, lot of lot of places that you don't expect. They're, they're Indian gro- canned wine. Yes. Wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who That's knew? A category. Yep. Um, getting the getting the international entries through customs is a little bit of a challenge. Uh, alcohol coming into this country is uh, got to go through a lot of paperwork, uh, but most of them made it on time, 
and we had we had a late arrival judging for those that didn't. So we've now posted all the results. Uh, 85 gold medals out of 335 wines up on up on the website, which is cannedwinecompetition.com. Also, I put a history of canned wines on that website. I have been a collector of wine cans since 1980. Hmm. When I started the winery, uh, I gave up collecting beer cans, which I'd started in college. Some beer can collector friend gave me an old wine can from the 1930s. So they were canning wine in the 30s. Yes. Yes. Whoa. Dan, Dan, talk about canned wines. Yeah, it started a long time ago. Um, actually, the French uh, were some of the pioneers of canned wine. Beaujolais was put into cans in the 40s and was sold in the United States and pretty much in uh, what they called package stores in those days. Um, it was real simple wine. It really didn't hold up in the, in the can until about 1975 or 80, I'm not sure what the date was, when the uh, plastics industry invented a, a, a polymer, as far as I remember. I can't recall specifically what it was made from, but it was a, it was a liner for the interior of these cans. And as the invention sort of has been uh, improved and improved over the years, Today's liners for these cans are absolutely perfect. I mean, they just protect the wine from every, any sort of contamination. It's just a perfect uh, seal. Did you, you you saw the interior of some of these cans, Alan? That they, they they look a little different, but they're all pretty good, pretty pretty solid. How long has the international canned wine competition been going on? Uh, we just completed the third annual. So it's fairly new on it's, the scene. It's fairly new. Yes. And you've already got over 300 folks entering. That's right. And where is this competition held? It's held at the Mendocino County Fairgrounds in Boonville. So it's already been done, and you've got the uh, results on the website cannedwinecompetition.com. That's right. And it's also got the results for the last two years. And like I said, the history of canned wines showing those cans from the 1930s. Before we have to do our bottom of the hour break, Dan, talk about this uh, cellar wine you brought 2006 white wine 2006 <coughs> yeah it probably it, it was never intended to go this long i should have held i should have opened it a few years ago it's a 2006 arrowwood uh cote de lune blanc which is a uh, rhone white wine it's a blend of uh, roussan marsan viognier and grenache blanc and it's a beautiful wine it was a beautiful wine it's got a little past its peak now and it's a little bit oxidized, but um, the flavors in the aftertaste are really interesting and, and delightful. I'm, I, I lost the bottle, so I mean, I was hoping to open it up in around 15, and then as it turns out, it didn't get open until 21, and that additional five years didn't help it any at all. Well, it, it, yeah, when I first took a taste, I was not impressed at all. I thought it was too sweet. Uh, second taste, not as bad. Harry? It grows on you, absolutely. I had yeah. the same reaction. The first taste, it was like, mm. oh, super. But just sampled it again now, and it's like, ah, it settled down a bit. Super quality grapes, and that so saved the wine. I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, recommend it to anybody. If you've got a bottle of 06, I would say it's past its prime, but uh, about six to ten years in, these wines are really gorgeous. All right. All right. Let's, uh, let's we got, you, got, you brought some, some wine. I did bring oh, some Well, let's wines. talk about some canned wine. Uh, talk about, <clears throat> briefly, if you can, the winners of the third annual international canned wine competition. 
Well, the best of show white wine was quite a surprise. It's a Gruner Veltliner wow. in a can from Alloy Wine Works on the Central Coast. And if you guys would like to taste that, let's open one up. <clears throat> now, we've been told by Brooke Aaron uh, before that uh, do not pop the cork of the canned wine and drink it out of the can. You must pour it into a glass. Yeah. That's definitely recommended. Yeah. Well, the people who drink beer out of a, out of a can are not interested, in particular, in the aroma. No, they and just want fact, the buzz. The producers, yeah, Bud and, and, and all these others... The problem with those wines, I, I shouldn't say. I just beer. tipped the glass like I was pouring a can of beer. That's the immediate effect of having well, a can of wine. Is. You're the drive beer guy, so I understand. <laughs> but the, uh, the the effect of having uh, a, a wine in a can is that you think of it as beer, and therefore you forget that it has an aroma, and that's part of its joy. With beer, you don't typically think of the aroma. Well, okay, let me ask that. I mean, do you pop a cork? I hear, I'm not the cork, but the thing on a canned wine, uh, Alan, and do you smell it like you do a, in a bottle? Well, for, first, we, when we opened them for the competition, we wanted to make sure that they had five or ten minutes at least to sort of breathe and, and sort, of, sort of relax, uh, which I, I recommend. But, uh, yes, you taste it just like it came out of a bottle. And as far, as far as I could tell, the, there's no there's no difference once it get, gets in the glass. This is a gorgeous wine. This is really stunning. And the reason is it has that typical minerality that exists with Gruner, Veltliner, and very few other grape varieties. There's only about five or six grape varieties that you can call minerally, and this has got it. This has really got that sort of steely, almost dust. Tongue on stone is what they call it in Chablis. My initial reaction is that you would have no idea this came out of a can. Exactly. Exactly. That's my point. There's in fact. I agree. Having it, tasting it out of a wine glass being poured from the can. Yes, Harry, I agree with you. Yeah. And the nice thing is that it's still protected from all the oxygen, which means that when you finally get the tab off or whatever you call it, pop top, whatever it is, it's already been protected so much. There's no cork with oxygen in it. Therefore, the wine needs to have some time in the glass to breathe. So you basically have a fresher and younger wine than you would if it had a cork in the bottle. And you will never get a corked wine out of a can. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's true. You could get a tapped wine. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose. Tabbed <laughs> is what I meant. Tabbed. <laughs> California Wine Country brought to you by Bottle Barn. Dan Berger's here. Our guest is Alan Green, former owner of Greenwood Ridge Winery. And now he's got the International Canned Wine Competition, which just happened. You can go to internationalwinecompetition.com to find out the results. And we're finding some results here in the studio because Alan has brought us some canned wine. And so far, I say so good. Well, Absolutely. we've only had one, Steve. Well, he had a second one. Oh, already. did he? Well, I tasted the second one. Okay. Pretty good wine. Uh, and Alan, obviously, this is your first trip into the studio. Yes. Yes, because he's wearing a short sleeves shirt, <laughs> shorts and flip-flops, yeah. and it's 46 degrees in here, which he did not anticipate. <laughs> but most... Only our normal regulars who come in all the time wearing parkas and hoodies and things. <laughs> Dan, I, Dan didn't warn me. I told him we keep it that temperature to keep the wines chilled. Yes, we do. Yeah. Uh, before we get into this second canned 
white wine. Uh, let me just remind you, Bottle Barn is open for in-store shopping, full bore. You can still place an order for curbside pickup at BottleBarn.com. Forever, Bottle Barn has been providing all of us here in our area with an unmatched selection of the finest wines, beers, and spirits. The best prices anywhere. And these people that work there know they're, what they're talking about. The knowledge is amazing. The best place to find the most amazing deals in wine country. In fact, we've said for 13 years, Bottle Barn is where wine country buys their wine. And you can uh, shop at Bottle Barn also to get the best deals, not only on wine, but every kind of beer and spirits. And remember, Bottle Barn can ship wine to most states. Go to BottleBarn.com for all the details and listen to California Wine Country, which you are right now every week, every Wednesday on the drive. Find out what's new and on special at Bottle Barn. They are our premier sponsor. Uh, it's BottleBarn.com. Okay. Alan, talk about this other canned wine that we're looking at. So this is another wine that was a favorite of the judges. This is a 2020 Pinot Gris from Anderson Valley. The interesting thing about some of the new canned wines is there, there are new wineries coming out that don't make bottles, only cans. They're completely focused on cans. This is a winery That's called, fascinating to me. You know, who knew? Yeah. It's a winery called Maker. It started by two young women uh, with business degrees from Stanford, and this is their uh, their baby. They go around and look for small, family-owned, interesting wineries with nice, uh, unusual stories and good wines, and they uh, buy the wines, have them canned for them. Uh, this was made by Handley Cellars. It's under the Maker label. Uh, they make, uh, I don't know, like eight or ten different different wines every year um and the judges really really like this uh pinot gris dan well, I, you know i i like this i like the first one better. gorgeous wine uh, and it's very an intelligent decision on the part of these ladies because handley is one of the premier pinot gris uh, producers in california and if handley has got any left over so to speak pinot gris or access to their program it's going to be absolutely top quality so this is just a real special wine i was very surprised very very varietal typical of pinot gris from a cooler region in particular the acid is really perfect for the wine's uh compatibility with food it, this is really an example of how nobody would believe that a wine in a can is going to be this good would you decant this I would because it had no oxygen whatsoever, and I would prefer to see the wine perhaps in, in an hour. Yeah, but yeah. bottom line is you could pull a tab on that thing and drink it, and you'd love it. As, as long as you put it in a glass, <laughs> yes. do not drink it out of the can. That's, you're not going to get the full effect. And th these are 250 ml uh, cans, so it's a third of a bottle. So that's a, that's a really convenient size. The uh, first one was, this is 12 ounces, correct? The first one is 375 yeah. ml. Okay. Because it's got the appearance of a beer can, the size of a beer can, but the second one, definitely smaller. Right. And I think a lot of the wineries are going towards the 250 ml uh, size now. You know what's really wonderful about this is that if you wanted a really solid single glass of wine, and you open this and you pour it in a glass and you drank it and said, gee, I'd like some more, you go open a second one and it it doesn't cost you anything but if you don't want that one you don't have to worry about resealing just don't open the second one 
exactly exactly and you don't ever feel like you have to finish the whole bottle exactly right and they're completely recyclable of course now if you pour half of this can into a glass or a decanter for a while and drink half of the can can you put the can in the fridge i wouldn't say for for very long no okay I, I would suggest... You're going to have to drink the whole can, Steve. Okay? <laughs> no, thank you. But, but, but 355 mLs is like, what is it, 11 ounces or 10 ounces or something? It's barely enough for two people to have a single glass. So this is really a perfect one-glass splash. And then open a second one if you like. Alan, where is the best, or uh, let me put it this way, where are the best places to buy all these uh, canned wines these days, besides Bottle Barn, which I'm sure has a lot of them. Well, you're starting to see them show up in uh, supermarkets. Uh, I mean, uh, just the Safeway in Hillsburg has 35 different wow. different cans, and I'm sure Bottle Barn is, uh, has got a, a wide selection. I'm, and I'm, you know, the large liquor stores, are, they all have them now. Sure. You know, there's been a big explosion of the 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 seltzers and coolers and spritzers and all of those are in cans so that's sort of focusing the attention of the the you see ads on if you watch any baseball games or anything all the ads for alcoholic beverages are all cans now really yeah. and also most importantly they are recyclable which will emphasize what alan earlier said but that's important the other nice thing about it is they're they're so light that it saves the the producers a lot of money in having to ship uh, glass to, to them and then back out to their distributors or their customers, that's a that's a, a very efficient way of, of shipping a, a liquid without having to to have the weight of the bottle. There's one additional benefit, well, maybe four additional benefits. <laughs> but I haven't thought of the other three, but one is that you can chill it down pretty quickly especially in a refrigerator that's overfilled with other stuff because you don't need to put an entire bottle in there. Take a small can, stick it on the door, and within 20 minutes you've got it cold enough to be able to drink it. I've noticed with the labeling uh, that there seems to be more freedom uh, <laughs> yeah, with, with sure. their, their what they're choosing for to market these wines yeah. as the, labeling. Than the, la than the wine, in the wine bottle. bottles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anybody? Well, I think I think I think. Hello, the we're still on the air. <laughs> Put the popcorn the, down, Dan. I think the best thing about this is that it sort of breaks the mold. It it's not the standard. Uh, where's the corkscrew? It's not the standard. Where is the the, I, the the big giant chiller? You just put it in the fridge for 20 minutes and you're done. Uh, pull a tab off the top and put it in a glass and you're done yeah. well and you can mix it in with the beers and sodas in the cooler when you're off camping yeah or a lot of refrigerators or... are actually being designed with can holders and this is perfect for that it's the same exact size as a beer can and or a soda can and for people who would like to have a glass of wine just before they come home from work and they want a glass of wine here's your opportunity and it's already cold so yeah. i'm sorry go ahead canned wine competition.com is where you should go to check out uh, the results of the 2021 uh, competition and uh, and check it all out and find out where to buy them and uh, I think it's I think it's great I mean I have it's, it's the number of times here 
especially with Brooke Heron, that we've tasted canned wines, I have not found one that I turned my nose up mm-hmm. against. Well, there was I mean, one that was really impressive, and that was the Tin Pony from uh, Iron Horse. I, when Iron Horse went to the can, I was blown away because that's a property that is so prestigious and so highly thought of. And they have this second label called Tin Pony that they're putting the Chardonnay in, and it's really delicious stuff. Yeah, yeah. We had it right here on the air. Yes, we did. <laughs> Joy Sterling and Iron Horse. That's correct. I saw something today that uh, their harvest has already begun. Yes, uh, they're picking uh, grapes for the early uh, Chardonnay is coming in. Some of that is uh, being picked at around 21, uh, if you're lucky enough to get 21 bricks. But uh, also, what's really interesting is that wineries that are picking for champagne production are almost finished wow. with their harvest. Wow. They're, they're about two weeks away from being completely done for champagne grapes. So it's going to be another er- early harvest all the way around up no, here? No, I think only because I think there's a fear just between you and me, I don't think. I should say this out loud, but I think a lot of these wineries are fearful of, of fires. And they want to get that fruiting off the vine before anything happens. Right. Now, for right now, you know, look at the skies are clear, okay, fine and dandy, but we still have fires going around us. And a lot of these wineries, I think, are just saying, all right, let's get them in and let's worry about something else. <laughs> So, Alan, I'm curious uh, for more information about the competition itself. Can you tell us how the competition works? We, we run it just like any, any wine competition. The judges are getting glasses of wine just like the, it was coming out of a bottle. So the one advantage, we don't, like you said before, we don't have to worry about corked ones. So we only have to have one ready. Uh, we had three panels of three judges each. Uh, and they were, you know... Same people that judge the, the bottles. Like uh, Dan. Like Dan. Uh, and uh, just just like any other wine competition. One day we did 127 uh, spritzers and coolers. Uh, I think they went through those a little faster than some of the uh, more sophisticated, more co- complex wines. But uh, they, they found uh, some that they really liked. I'm sure there were some they didn't really like. Uh, and... Uh, you know, we've also I've got a couple of red wines that we could taste here if we we're shall if we're interested in. Uh, I brought the best of show red wine uh, from the canned wine competition this year, which is a Pinot Noir from Oregon, made by Canned Oregon. This is actually a Stoller uh, winery production, so we could just pop one of those right now. Here you go. <laughs> There's the sound. Yeah, right? be a pop anyway. And this this is a 375. This this can, uh, so that's half a bottle. Don't worry about dropping it because it won't break. It won't won't break. And pour that in a glass and swirl it around and give it a, a couple of minutes and and I'll bet Dan will Dan will agree that that you wouldn't be able to tell that this came out of a can. You know, actually, believe it or not, you can actually smell the fact that it was aged in some barrels, surprisingly. And I mean, when you think of an aluminum can, you don't think of barrels, but this wine was this one was up to the point that this wine was put in a can. It was treated exactly the way a fine wine would be treated. Exactly, exactly. Now, Dan, how many wines did you 
sample slash taste slash judge at this competition? Well, I didn't do the canned wine competition. Uh, I did the Mendocino County competition, and there we tasted about 130 in a day. <laughs> it's not too bad. That's a lot of wine well, in that's one a, day. Yeah, I, I've done a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Alan, how many how many tastes does a typical judge enjoy in the process of a competition? Uh, the guys that did the spritzers and coolers had 130 wines to taste that over that what day. length of time oh it took them about three hours okay uh and the the whites and and the reds uh each each of those panels had more like 80 i think or so in a day and uh they you know they took up three four hours but uh they're professionals they they spit <laughs> so is not this, like us is this competition open to the public or do you have spectators come in to see the wines being judged how does that work no there's there's only judges and and a few staff to pour the wines and and serve the judges harry it's, harry i've got a great line it's a fabulous line it's not it's not my line it's a line that this was given to me by donine dyer a former winemaker for domain chandon and donine and i were talking and she said Viewing a wine competition is like going to someone else's high school reunion. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I imagine it's not the most exciting well, thing no, to experience, right. people sure. sipping and spitting, etc. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when you think of a competition, you often think of something open to the public and, and people watching mm -hmm. or, or cheering on their favorite wine. Or I, I was a participant in 19... 88 at the National Restaurant Association International Wine Competition where they let the public in to view us. And it was the worst experience of my life because everybody was asking questions. I'm trying to evaluate why. How do you like that? <laughs> why did you turn up your nose? <laughs> so forth. I said, this is not for me. <laughs> well, I imagine it keeps the overhead low then since basically all you need is a room, right? Yeah, that's and pretty much. A table and some chairs, maybe? Yeah, and a big spit cup. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not really a spectator sport. No. No. So, again, we're, we're uh, enjoying... An Oregon red Pinot Noir. The most amazing part about this is it's as good as any Oregon Pinot Noir you'll likely find on the shelf. Now, there are some better ones, of course, but those are a little oakier. This has got the oak in it, but it's just subtle. It's really a beautiful wine, and it's got great fruit. I don't know where this comes from, but, boy, it's good wine. Well, where it comes from, I don't know if they actually put the... No, it really doesn't tell you where the grapes were from on it this It doesn't one. say Willamette well, Valley or no, somewhere just, like that. just Oregon. Well, you know, the possibility, of course, is endless, but uh, my my guess would be it come, that this fruit comes from southern Oregon because there is a, a subtle character of the, of the tannins here. And in the Willamette Valley, you typically get a little more tannin. This wine has less tannin. So, therefore, it probably comes from southern Oregon. But, a wild guess. <laughs> I, I, I would be thrilled to, to open a can and find this in it. This is pretty delicious. What's the price on this can? Uh, I'm guessing I'd say probably 12 bucks. Hey, listen, for that kind of money, that's pretty good value. Is Now, packaging-wise, is this come in a 6-pack, a 12-pack, a 4-pack, what? No, you can buy individual cans. Oh, just buy the can? Yep. Yep. And the price per can? Did 
Well, it's about $12 a can, so it'd be a, half of a bottle. So it's about 24 for a bottle if you were to buy a few of them. Don't you think that those, there's, there's kind of a bias against that because it's a can? There's no question that a bottle of wine looks better to wine buyers than a can of wine. Yeah. On the other side of it, it's early in the game. We haven't explored. I mean, Alan is really on the cutting edge of this. I mean, you really bit off a lot when you did this, Alan, and I think you've really got a tiger by the tail now, but boy, I'll tell you, three years ago, that's a trick. <laughs> yeah. I said to try to pull off something like that. That's that's not easy. Wrapping up California wine country with Dan Berger in conversation with Alan Green, the former owner of Greenwood Ridge Winery, who is now involved in the international canned wine competition. What is the last wine we're sampling here? Is it? Well, I was I was I was going to ask Dan to try to guess, but I, I won't do that to Dan on the air. But this is a Cabernet Pfeffer. Whoa. <laughs> I have a bottle of Cabernet Pfeffer in my cellar. How, One left. Uh, how, how, how often have you encountered a Cabernet Pfeffer from California? Nin 1972 was the last vintage that I have in the cellar. And Cabernet Pfeffer is a, a grape variety that was pioneered in San Benito County by Paul Masson. And he liked it because it gave him flavors that didn't have the tannin structure of Cabernet Sauvignon. I believe he would not sell a wine before its time. Well, is that correct? I, <laughs> do you know somebody I know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, Orson Welles uh, did that. Yes, <laughs> yes. So you, this is sort of an unusual wine even in a bottle. So to find one in a can, it shows, and this is also by Maker, it shows how sophisticated they where do expect. They, where do they find this? Well, there's only a one one or two vineyards in California left, as far as I understand. Well, San Benito, maybe? Uh, I think it's in South Coast, yeah. Yeah. What Your exclamation, wow, upon tasting, Dan, you want to expand on that a little bit? I don't think I've seen you that emotive. Well, huge flavors of Cabernet with a, a kind of a... a a, a, almost a redwoody kind of a smell to it from the 1950s or 60s. So it's a wine that really has history behind it. But it's really a rustic uh, experience. It's completely dry, but alcohol is low. What's the alcohol on that thing? Uh, the alcohol is 13%. ABD. Well, there you go, 13%. Yeah. That's, that's for a red wine. Not, it ain't yep. 15. Like well, they've all, I think all of the ones we've sampled today have been in the 13, 13.5% ABV range. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's that nice? just a stunning wine. Yeah. So that's also made by Maker Wines, based in the Bay Area. And as you can see, they make a lot of interesting, unique, sophisticated wines. i got to meet these folks. They're, they're talented. They're discovering stuff. That I mean, they're not fixated on the varietal. No. Obviously, if they're making Gruner, Veltner, and things like that, hey, this is, this is up, up my alley. <laughs> Dan's a fan. I'm, yeah. I'm a fan. No. I'll, I'll, I'll connect you with them. Good. Done. All right. Thank you, Alan Green, uh, to talk in here, talk about the International Canned Wine Competition. You can find all the results for the last few years uh, competition on their website at cannedwinecompetition.com. Alan, thank you so much for coming You're in. You're welcome. And Dan, always a pleasure. Delight. In particular, thank you for the popcorn. <laughs> uh, most bagged popcorn sucks, but I found this uh, a quite tasty choice. And Skinny so pop. I'll meet you at the trunk of your car <laughs> where I understand you have a case. Yes. <laughs>